Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. We have quite the episode in store for you today and really a great follow-up from our previous episode, which was all about sports and mental health. If you haven't listened to it, be sure to go back. It is a must-not-miss episode in my eyes and truly complimentary of today's episode. So before we get started, just wanted to remind everyone about our Healthy Family Project Facebook group where we continued the discussions from the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on all the outlets out there. There's so many. Um, We are on everything. Uh, We are in love with these Instagram reels lately. So doing a lot of cool recipes and things over there on Instagram. And then we also have new content on our TikTok as well. Our website, healthyfamilyproject.com is full of holiday content as we enter that time of year. So today we are talking with Tony Castillo. He is a sports dietitian and nutrition coach who helps athletes and active individuals lean out and enhance performance without diets, endless supplements, or overhauling their whole life. Tony's journey began as an overweight middle schooler, and this continued throughout high school until he decided to jump on a diet. Unfortunately, this resulted in unsustainable weight loss. His weight fluctuated in college due to a lack of nutrition knowledge, but this inspired him to understand how nutrition played a role in the human body. Tony graduated from Florida International University in Miami with a BS in biology, BA in chemistry, and an MS in nutrition and dietetics. He is credentialed by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics as a registered dietitian. Tony's passion today is to teach others how healthy lifestyle modifications optimize performance in all areas of life. After working at the University of Florida and then with the Toronto Blue Jays, Tony focuses on helping you to become an elite performer. Being an elite performer in your field can take many forms, whether you're a professional athlete trying to become an MVP or a recreational athlete not wanting to be last in the class anymore. Let's jump in to today's episode with Tony. Welcome, Tony. Thank you for taking the time to talk today. Before we jump in, can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Amanda, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Tony Castillo. I'm a sports and performance dietitian. So a little bit about myself, uh, born in New York, but raised in Florida and really in the sports nutrition world. So throughout my whole career, um, even before that, when I was younger, I had weight challenges. I was overweight. I was actually a lineman in football in high school. I played trumpet in the band, so typical band geek. And then at the end, I found a buddy of mine, gave me a meal plan, workout plan, went great, felt great, went to college, and I did the exact opposite of what was on that meal plan. From that point on, I tried everything, every diet that was popular at the time, such as Atkins, South Beach. Uh, my wife, who, uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, had this skinny ballerina tea that said it only worked in women. I was like, why does it only work in women? Why can't men do it? Uh, eventually, I found my own way out of disordered eating. And that's because I broke my foot dancing on a Halloween night. And I was like, something's <laughs> wrong here. <laughs> I knew something wasn't right. So eventually, I got my degree in nutrition down at Florida International University, got my master's. Then I went to go work at the University of Florida, then with the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team. And now I'm running my own private practice with two other dietitians. And the reason I do that is because one, I love to see how athletes fuel their bodies because they always come to us and we see them on the screen saying that they can eat all these foods such as cereals, dairies, things that we're supposed to be scared of, but they eat them and they perform at these top tier levels, right? 
and fruits and vegetables, right? All these things we're told we, we shouldn't be eating, but they really do help us perform better. And not only that, if we're able to impact the world, these athletes have such a bigger stage than many of us. So if they're able to say, eat more fruits and vegetables, it's okay to have dairy, eat carbs, then how many people will live a longer, better, and happier life and even healthier life based on that? Right. Well, and I have to say the our track record here at Healthy Family Project continues because all of our guests, they're what they're doing in their life stems from an their own like an experience that they had or something that they went through, which just the passion, I think, in general, whenever you have lived through something and now you're helping others to, you know, get past those hurdles that you faced your own as yourself is just amazing. And I just I'm going to love I'm sure our conversations would be wonderful, but I will yeah. say the track record of guests we've had has been very similar. And so I'm grateful that we're going to continue. Um, so, all right. So what are the, let's get started here. What are the most important things to keep in mind for nutrition when your child is beginning a sport? Making sure that they hydrate or dehydrate. It's actually one of my mottos. I even have, uh, I did a little YouTube slash Instagram series of myself dressed up as Captain Hydrate. Oh, That's we need to share that. We will be, we will be linking to that in the show notes. <laughs> the reason is because, right, superheroes, it was really hot. It was pre-COVID. Marvel was coming out with all these things. I'm like, why can't I be Captain Hydrate? So I was just educating on why hydration is so important. So we think about kids, especially here in Florida, and this summer has been extremely hot. We hear all yes. around the world, there's even been fires in Europe and places that there's never been fires. They always talked about us having AC. Now the Europeans are like, wow, we really do need AC because it's so right. hot. So these kids are going out. Most of the times their bodies aren't even regulating that heat because they don't sweat as much as adults do because they haven't gone through that puberty yet. We're talking about younger children. Right. So making sure they hydrate to keep those fluids in their body is just so important. And one of the main examples I love to use, Amanda, is I want you to think about a piece of steak that you can get from the grocery store, nice and juicy, versus a piece of beef jerky, which is dry. Nothing wrong with it. But if I were to bend that beef jerky, it's going to rip. If I bend that fresh piece of steak, it's going to be fine. It's going to be malleable. You can move it around. Right. So what happens is when you have that dehydrated beef jerky muscle, which is what happens when you don't drink enough water, your child or yourself can be prone to injury. It's going to be easier to tear that muscle. So we want to make sure we have those juicy steak muscles, which is by making sure you drink enough water. So the first thing I always talk about with anyone is making sure they hydrate or dehydrate. Well, yes, I know that here in Florida for sure. But like you said, <laughs> yeah. it's just important. And I love that visual. I am a, such a, a visual person when it comes to those things. So I will forever think of that now, the meat, and I will forever <laughs> use that with my kids. And they will <laughs> love me for it because they know once I start going with something, I really don't like to let it go. So you have All a right. piece of beef jerky everywhere yeah. you go and a piece of fresh steak. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? Just listen, hear me out. Okay. I know. You don't want it to look like this. You want it to look like this. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's though, not to get too far on tangent, but they're the, one of the questions that I always ask them at the end of the day is how much water did you drink today? And they're like, Oh my gosh, mom, like that is, I'm like, that is at the top of my list. Always. Yeah. How much water did you drink? So, so I don't like to use the word mistakes, you know, because we're all learning here, especially as parents and guardians. Absolutely. We're just doing the best we can. Um, but what do you feel is a common, maybe like misstep, I guess is better than mistake or something that's like a myth that's untrue in this sports nutrition world that you would could wish you could share and kind of say, guys, this is not it. Like, don't do this. Yeah, there's so many. But I think the the, the three that I see that are really rampant at this moment 
are the low carbs supplements and then lack of fruits and vegetables. So we'll kind of go into that order. Low carbs. We always hear about doing low carb diets. We always hear about these athletes that may try some new fad diet to get the results. Myself working with athletes, when they get these results, it's in the off season, not in season. Because in off season, they can make those changes. Because in season, if you make any changes, it could be detrimental to your performance. It could hurt you. So with the low carb, I want you to imagine, I mean, I'm going to give you the keys to two cars, two brand new cars. You get to choose which one you want. Ooh, like on Car the price one. right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what was going to happen today. Beef, hydration, and price is right. <laughs> so two cars, car A, full of gas. Um, you drive it from your house and you have to drive it across the country. Car B, it is completely empty of gas and you have to push it to the gas station to even fill it. Which car will you choose and why? Well, the full tank. The full tank. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, I know this is a trick question and I really want to win the not. car. <laughs> <laughs> not a trick question at all, man. It's a straightforward question. You want the car that's full of gas. And when we do these low carb diets, it's like driving a car without gas. You're not able to really push your body to the max. You're pushing it from the outside in, as they say, right. versus being able the car and able to drive it in the directions you want. So not having enough carbs is not giving it enough energy. So you're not really giving your body the energy it needs, whether it's for yourself or for your kids, right? Because we always see all these new supplements and, and fad diets and foods out that are coming out that really don't support a child's health or our own health. So that's the first one I see is that low-carb diet. The second thing is, is supplements. We always see, um, and nothing wrong with parents trying to have their own side hustle, but you always want to make sure your supplement is third-party certified. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? There's two two brands or, or third-party supplementations I really like to recommend. One is NSF for sport, uh, and the other one is Informed Choice. Both of those, they, what they say is that what's in the bottle has no banned substances. And you may say, well, Tony, I'm not getting tested for substances, and neither is my kids. Well, one story I can tell you, we sent a sleep product to the uh, uh, NSF for sport and Informed Choice. And what they found, it actually had methamphetamines. Now, I don't know about you, but methamphetamines wake people up. So if you're yeah. trying to take a sleep supplement, that's the opposite effect you want. So all these supplements that we get, we want to make sure they have that third-party certification because you don't want to have anything that's contaminated, whether you're getting tested or not, right? I couldn't imagine giving your, your child a supplement that has a SARM, which is a selective androgen receptor modulator. Big science word. Pretty much it acts almost like a fake hormone. Okay. And that could put them into puberty could cause a lot of long lasting effects with their hormones and actually have to cycle them off of it. So you always want to make sure it has that third party certification. And when we talk about supplementations, just last thing, I want you to think about a donut. Do you like donuts? I do. Oh, me too. I love donuts. Okay. (laughs) I I love them every day. Now I'm a Boston cream. Really? I'm I'm classic. I like to just Mm. keep it the the regular glaze. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to share where you get the best pasta and cream. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. I don't get it off. I don't go often. I would have to say, but when a donut opportunity does arise every now and then, that's what I go for. If you haven't been salty donut, that's the okay. place to go. It's. But anyways, the donut. Okay. donut. Back on track. <laughs> so, yeah. So if, if we make the donut ingredients with completely off ingredients, it's not. Let's say we use. uh old flour, right? To make this donut, it's probably going to taste a little bit off, right? So that's your macronutrients or what kind of fuel you're actually putting in. That's the base of the donut. Now we're how often we cook it. 
So if you overcook it, it could be very dry. If you undercook it, it's going to be very wet. And that's the timing of your nutrition. Eventually, we put on, let's say, the sprinkles or we put the cream in it. Mm-hmm. Now, when we put the sprinkles on the donut, that's the last piece. If the sprinkles weren't working very well, they don't taste well, that's okay. The donut's still going to be good. But the sprinkles, anywhere between 1% to 3% of the whole donut. And that's what supplements are in the whole nutrition pyramid, 1% to 3%. So a lot of parents look to supplement when they should be looking at foods first. And okay. that's the other misconception I see. They're trying to, to focus on the sprinkles on the donut when they haven't even mastered the donut itself, the donut cooking. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Good. And, so donuts and beef jerky. That's all you got to remember. And the car too. And the car. <laughs> you didn't forget about it. I have, now I have to bring you a car with gas, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I answered it correctly. Um, <laughs> all right. So now what about, and I, I have another question about supplements. We'll get there when we get down a l- little bit further, but um, can you make any suggestions on game day nutrition or pre-game day? And I, my daughter, she, she plays pretty high level tennis. Um, we have a very competitive tennis team at our high school and, you know, they all get together and carve up, they eat their spaghetti dinners the night yeah. before. And I'm often thinking, okay, guys, you just, I mean, it's great team that gets together, <laughs> but I'm like, is it necessary to eat all the spaghetti? But, and also I know her coach says, don't wait till you're on the court to drink your water. You should be 24 hours ahead of time already drinking the water. So um, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. So going back to hydrate or dehydrate, right? We want your daughter to have those nice juicy steak muscles, not the beef jerky muscles. So absolutely hydration should be number one. Uh, Most of the time they should be drinking at least half their body weight in ounces. And that does include any physical activity. So when we talk about physical activity, so for example, your daughter playing tennis, let's say she has a match that lasts, let's say an hour. She should actually weigh herself before and after and however much weight she's lost, that hydration, that water, she actually needs to rehydrate with 24 ounces of water for every pound lost. Oh, wow. So let's say, yes, then that's a lot, especially in Florida in this heat. We know that I've had people lose up to 10 pounds. Um, When I was working at the University of Florida, I had a a lineman actually lose 10 pounds. So that means they needed 240 ounces of water just to rehydrate their needs. That doesn't include what they actually need to survive is just to actually rehydrate their body. Um, so that's one thing. And then talking about carbs. So pre-game, pre-workout fuel, pre-training, I always like to think of it as a funnel where it's open at the beginning. And as it gets closer to the training session, the smaller that funnel is. So I like to think the biggest opening is anywhere between three to four hours before that match where they can have a full plate full of fruits, vegetables, carbohydrates, and proteins. When it's one to two hours in, you only want to focus on proteins and carbs. Reason being, and as you get closer, you want to have less, less fats because it, it could be tougher for the stomach to digest. Okay. And about 30 minutes before, one hour to 30 minutes before, is when you want those fast-acting carbs. So that's what's going to give you that energy. That's what's going to be the gas in your car. So you're looking for things such as fresh fruit, granola bars, breads, anything of that nature that can really give you that energy right before you go out on the court. Even the fruit snacks, the fruit gummies are actually a really good source of energy to help your daughter in tennis. When I was working at the University of Florida, that was some of the snacks we'd give the tennis players to give them that fuel right before their match. Okay. Yeah. And I know that there's some different like pouches, like those applesauce yes, pouches that, applesauce that I think like oftentimes you think of those for younger kids, but I will buy those for my daughter is like throw them in her tennis bag. Like, oh, if you're starting to feel, you know, 
like faint or whatever, like just take one of those and she loves them. And I feel like that's like a quick, um, you know, way to get some energy back in your system. It's not just for kids. I can tell you, I've been to different competitions where people, they want more natural foods. And I don't know about you, but if I was running, I don't think I could eat an apple. Right. So So that applesauce pack, you'll see grown adults just slamming them back, as they say. So absolutely, those apple pouches are fantastic or any kind of fruit and vegetable. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. So think of another visual for us, the funnel. So I like I like that visual, too. Well, I wanted to talk, go back because you talked about supplements and that kind of being like, you know, a hot button or kind of a myth. So when you say the third, if someone were to look at a supplement and they wanted to find out if it was third party certified, how, where do they go? So they could go to, and we'll link up to all the info so that whoever's listening, you know, can go and get that info. But where, like, what are the steps that they should take? Because actually this is interesting to me because my brother or my brother, my daughter, just showed me yesterday a like some kind of powder that she was like, oh, I could do this instead of have my meal or my breakfast, or I can do this for so-and-so does this for breakfast and for dinner. And I'm like, this is a lot. Like I need to, so I'm like, I'm so glad I'm talking to you today. Cause yeah. I can, I was like, okay, hold on it. We're not ordering anything, but where would you take? So I have that product and then how, where would I go to look? So typically it'll say on there. Now they can trick you because they can say third party uh, tested, but that just means that they actually, they could have bought it themselves, bought their own warehouse where they tested themselves. So it's not truly independently third party tested. So there's two logos that you can look up. So one is the NSF uh, for sport, which is a blue, uh, blue writing with NSF and it's a circle logo. And the other one's informed choice. It almost looks like a gold seal, but it will say informed choice. Um, okay. Or Inform Sport is the brand that, or the third-party certification, and the other one is NSF for Sport. It will be on the um, product. And the okay. good thing is that they do it by batch, meaning that batch 101 is tested by NSF. Batch 102 also has to be tested by NSF in order to get that stamp on their label. They can't just blanket statement like, oh, the first batch was good, good luck. They test everyone to ensure that no batch has been tainted. Okay. All right. I like it. All right. That's good. I feel like that covers off on that. And then we can link up in the show notes to any further information because I definitely know, like you talked a little bit about your experience in high school and like fad diets and things like that. And so I see with my daughter, you know, they're all talking about like, oh, so-and-so drinks this for breakfast and then they lost blah, blah, blah. And then this person does that. And I'm like, okay, we're going down that path. So this is definitely first. Always food first. That's the one thing. And and anytime we think about a powder, potion, or pill, is there a way to get it from food? And right. if so, that's going to be the best route to take almost 99% of the time. And I say that because there is the 1% of time that you may not be able to have food. Um, we're thinking about time being a, a challenge. How can we pack it into something that your child can take that's actually safe, right? Okay. That's, that's the yeah. biggest thing I think about is safety. Because again, I know I spoke about methamphetamine, but there's been other things that they have found in supplements that are just crazy. Uh, one of them, I'm just going to mention it, is cocaine. And they found it in a supplement. And it's like, wow. what? How are they finding these things? Like, how is someone buying a supplement from yeah. a grocery store and getting these things that are just outlandish that you would never think? And of course, there's things such as cockroach legs, cockroach poops, right. 
uh, that <laughs> no one wants to drink, but not as dangerous as those mentioned earlier right. today. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm definitely going to check out those links, especially since we've just recently started going down that, that path. So, all right. What about recovery um, eating yes. is and even for myself as an adult, like on my Instagram feed, you know, I have no people who are runners. I play tennis. I'm a pretty active person. Um, I do some pretty hardcore dance, which sounds funny, but really some hardcore like dance classes where I am like, you know, really afterwards, totally exhausted. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, replenishing after your big game, your workout, your tournament? Amanda, let me tell you this. I've once taken a Zumba class and I will never make oh, fun of anyone that does Zumba. I ended it and non-stop. I was just like, Whew. yeah, that, is, that was when I used to take Zumba classes when it was popular and it was an hour that I was like, I'm not going to, I don't have to work out the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People like, I remember I poked fun at it. I took my first one because uh, during COVID we had one hosted for our clients. And when we did it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. what am I doing? I'm never making fun of anyone with this. And I had like no. the whole eighties gear on. I was like, all right, I'll be able to crush it. I, I work out. And I, at the end, I'm like, all right, is everyone okay? All right. See you guys later. Yep. You know. <laughs> but anyways, when we think about recovery, I always like to mention the three R's, which are refuel, repair, and rehydrate. So back to the car analogy. After a workout, you've just used all your gas. It's like driving across country. So you want to refuel with some sort of carbohydrates. And you want to have fast-acting carbs because you want to replenish the muscles you just finished using. Next one is repair. You want to have some sort of protein to help repair the muscles you just tore apart. And finally, rehydrate. Back to that analogy or that that image I gave about the the clients losing 10 pounds, the lineman I worked with, um, weighing yourself before and after to know how much you hydrate with. And one of my favorite things to recommend is good old chocolate milk. It's easy to get. It's always at a good price. And it has the protein you actually need. So again, that's one of my favorites because you don't have to have any pills, powders. You can literally stop at a gas station on your way home and buy it. You can stop at a grocery right. store. It's typically easily available and the kids like it, right? So I, I always think about it as myself as a grown kid. <laughs> I like to have the chocolate milk too after a workout. It just tastes good. It's good for you. It's got those three things. It's got the carbs, it's got the proteins and it has the hydration. So it really hits all three of those things when we're looking at it. And you don't have to worry about it if it's safe or not from a third-party certification because it's right. actually food. That's yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, who doesn't love chocolate milk? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, I now, don't know. I'm, now I'm thinking about chocolate milk. So, <laughs> um, well, that's a good tip. So I, we did have our last um, episode that we did was on uh, mental health and sports, and so I. It's hot on my brain right now. I know we're talking about nutrition today, but just wanted to hear your thoughts and have you weigh in as I'm sure this has become more and more and probably will probably will continue to become more and more a part of what you do in your world. Yeah. So when thinking about the mental side of this, when I was working in the pro sports and I was working in collegiate, they had mental performance coaches and I absolutely do support them. They do play a crucial role when we think about some of these athletes going into these fields where there's millions of people watching, millions of spectators, and how many of them just shut down because they don't know how to perform, right? Right. So we work together and in conjunction because if we start to see athletes slipping from a mental side, the mental performance coach can let me know, hey, they might be going into a depression of sorts and they might start leaning towards foods, right? Mm-hmm. 
emotional eating happens. Oh yeah. Everyone goes through it. Everyone has a moment in time where it can happen. So how do we cope with that? How do we work together on that so they can still hit their performance metrics, but also understand it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to have emotions, right. you know? So having that mental performance side of it, especially from the skill set and working in conjunction is huge. And when it comes to nutrition, it's a lot about behavior. It's a lot about habit stacking. What are things that kids can do in the long term and even adults, right? So going back to chocolate milk, if someone doesn't like chocolate milk, we have to find another way for them to work. So if they do like chocolate milk, heck, that can bring them back to childhood memories and almost be an ease for them to really put into their routine. So building habits, having that routine and having some mental grit around it and having someone to support you on, I think it's huge. And it's been overlooked in the general population, but also in sports. And I think now it's been so great to see more and more of it being integrated. Right. And I think that I'd, we still have a long way to go, I think, but I am very grateful to, I look back to myself as a teenager and even in my college years and the stigma around talking about mental illness and mental health. And, and I'm just beyond grateful to where we are. I think today where we're able to talk about it and even more so, you know, the relationship between food and mental health, because I think that that's a very real, what you're putting into your body, you know, as the more people that I talk to on the podcast and just their own research that I do, it's just mind blowing that, you know, your gut health and your serotonin receptors and your stomach and, you know, all of these different facets that you don't, you think like, oh, I'm feeling really bad. It's because something bad happened or I'm just, I have this depression or it's just whatever. And I think that we really, I'm just passionate, so passionate about making sure that people look at what they're eating because that could be the solve right there. Yep. And as we were mentioning earlier, how many times on our feed, we see a supplement that's going to help your gut when really we just need to focus on eating more fruits and vegetables eating more things that are rich in fiber versus buying a supplement that's going to give us that false sense of hope versus doing a quick nutrition audit. And then even an audit of things that we're seeing on social media, right? As you mentioned, your daughter said X person was eating this for breakfast and dinner. What is this person's goals? Are they the same as your daughter? Because being at a high level of tennis, I'm almost very certain that person is nowhere near the kind of activity that your daughter's doing and what she's trying to do in performance wise. And then from right. the mental standpoint, I don't know if you heard about the Nike runner. I think she was at Oregon. I think her name is Mary Kane and how she was told by her coach she needed to be thinner and thinner and thinner. And it was actually causing her to miss her, her menstruation and was causing yeah. more issues mentally right. versus fueling for her sport where she could have done way better had it not been that mentality of thinner is better. Right, exactly. So I think just joining those two forces together with the mental side of it and looking at the nutrition side of it. And even like how we talked about a little bit about the, um, you know, game day and fueling your body and your suggestions, but we're all, every person is so, obviously we're all individuals. And so mm-hmm. I think that I know what people, when I say journaling, my kids are like, roll their eyes at me. Like, oh my gosh, this is like <laughs> such a task. So I don't <laughs> even want to go down, like say that <laughs> word, but. Maybe just like make notes in your iPhone app notes. Let's try that. (laughs) But like note what you ate, note what you did the day before your tennis match and how you felt during the match. Like, did I, was I, you know, 
Did I feel faint? Did I like do whatever? Just make note. Like, this is how I felt. This is what I ate. Then you go to your next match. And I think, and I've done that in my life, you know, when I've started to feel off or having more anxiety and just kind of documenting like, all right, well, cool. You didn't even like walk or run or do anything that week. No wonder like you're feeling (laughs) anxious because you're like all pent up. You have all this, you know, anxiety that you're not allowing your body to get out and process. So I think that from my side of things, I would just say experience that noting what works and what doesn't work and what your performance is and how you feel mentally and physically is probably a really good thing to do. Absolutely. And just because we're talking about it, I would also like to mention in matches, in running, in anything, you can always have the orange slices. Those are like low key, some of the best intro oh, intro yes. workout snacks that get overlooked all the time. Love the the orange slices. I know. And it really is, I think, like so easy. And I started doing that a couple of years ago, just cutting up oranges and both my girls, I was just amazed because I'm like, oh, you have to peel the orange. Yeah. You have to. You know, and I I know everybody laughed, but like, who does not hate peeling an orange? Please, raise I it. hate it. I if hate there's it. Yeah. one person out there who is like, I love peeling oranges. Please call me because you need to do an episode on the podcast because I don't believe you. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> cutting up the orange and just having a, like a, you know, Ziploc or whatever full of oranges. I feel like I was just amazed. I'm like, oh, wow. They're not just for like a garnish at brunch. Like they really do. The girls really, really were just downing the oranges so yeah all right well thank you so much for joining me today this has been so fun and we definitely need to have you back i know you're a fairly new dad so i'm sure you have will have lots to share my girls are a little bit older but i know that time can be i always had such high hopes for you know, my kids are going to eat everything yeah. and they're going to eat only fruits and vegetables and they're never <laughs> going to have an Oreo and they're never going to have soda. And so yeah. um, here I am. Um, but it's fine. Balance is good. But absolutely. I'm like, with you 100%. Yeah. I think that was as a parent, you're like, okay, I got to realize that this is, we've got to be balanced in all things. So absolutely. Um, I've seen it myself. Uh, I have friends that are having kids the same as as my daughter. And I think it was Christmas. Someone stopped by and they were like, no, you can't have any cookies to their daughter. And I was like, oh my God, I was letting our daughter eat kind of what she wanted. And it Mm -hmm. almost, it's different, right? Because when we were younger, we were told you couldn't eat those things. You had to stay away from it. And I think that's what really fueled the diet industry to be as big as it is today. Yep. But if we make it okay to have an Oreo, life goes on. Right. And right. as you said, your daughter still eats orange slices like nobody yes. <laughs> <laughs> versus us. You might put a pack of Oreos. I remember even myself, I could go through a sleeve of Oreos oh, right yeah. before even thinking about it. Right. But if you give me an orange, I'm not peeling it. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not either. Well, thank you so much for joining Ooh. me today. This has been so much fun. So before we uh, before we hang up here, can you share with our audience where they can Oh, I forgot to ask you our question that this is a question since you're new because I have a lot of repeat um, guests on here. So what does being a healthy family mean to you? So our family values are family, health and honesty. So health is right in there, right in the middle of it. 
So I think having a, a healthy family comes from a mental standpoint, being honest with each other, being able to have conversation with each other, I think is the first piece. Second piece, from a nutrition standpoint, eating everything in moderation, being able to enjoy all the foods and not have guilt. That's something I personally grew up with and I still struggle with with my mom. She says, you can't keep bread in the house because that's what's going to make you fat. And I'm like, mom, I've literally worked with elite athletes. Like people pay to work with me and I have, I'm e- literally eating bread <laughs> while talking to you. Like I promise you it's not the bread, right? right? So having a, a good relationship with food because we've always been told you can't eat pizza, burger, tacos, insert food here. When it's really just like, what are you doing? Just eat the food and, and move on. Understand how it's going to fuel you or how it's going to make you feel. As you said earlier, right? Just make notes and see how it makes you feel. And if it makes you feel good, hey, that's it. That's it. That's what it is for you. So I think having a good space mentally, physically, and emotionally being able to share emotions with each other. And I think it's it's difficult. I can tell you as a new parent, it's been very difficult hearing things from other people's things they mm-hmm. struggle with. And being a dietitian, they're like, oh, you probably don't give your daughter this. And I'm like, no, I do. Just as we spoke moments ago, here's an Oreo. Enjoy it. Right. Nothing's going to happen. Right. But also understanding, hey, maybe she should try some green beans. Even if she spits it up, at least she tried it. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it just all goes back to that the relationship you have with food. Because once you have a positive relationship with food, then I think everything else falls into place. And you stay away from this is good and this is bad. And then you just move on. But anyway, well, okay. Now, now you can tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you outside of the podcast. And of course, we'll link up to everything in the show notes as well. Love it. So you can find me at Tony at nutritionfp.com or nutritionfp.com. You can also find me on Instagram at coach underscore Tony Castillo. And if you send me an email, I will send you, I have a 17 page guide on how to optimize and maximize your nutrition. So feel free to shoot me an email and I will send it to you as soon as I get that email. So Tony, T-O-N-Y at nutritionfp.com and FP stands for performance. Even though I like to say Frank Paul, just because it's easier to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Nutrition Frank Paul, who's that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. And remember to hydrate or dehydrate. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. That was a lot of fun. If you like the Healthy Family Project, which I hope you do, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to connect with me direct, I'm in the Healthy Family Project Facebook group, and you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.